0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Danny Cannell, that's Bud Elliott, that's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, First of all, thank you to all of you who went to go download the crossover event of the year, the Pick 6 Cover 3 Podcast. I I haven't seen the scoreboard uh, recently, but I gotta say that uh, Cover 3 Podcast listeners are really showing up. You know we're really, really, uh, we're really beating out those, uh, those pick six. You know, pros. You know, really loving the smell of their own schedule release and things like that. So I know we've got real passion here. We've got real knowledge. We've got fans that want to know about the players that are going to be in the upcoming NFL draft. So if you haven't gotten a chance to listen, now please go back and check that out. It was a crossover with our friends Will Brinson and Ryan Wilson of the Pick Six Podcast. A lot of fun, but it, it sort of puts a, a little bit of a wrap on our on our NFL draft talk. Here, we're going to be taking the conversation very similar to one we had before when we were trying to identify the next team to win its first national championship of the modern era. So there's a certain tier that it takes to win a national championship. And there were some programs that in our discussion, I kind of feel like we eliminated because we said, ah, yeah, you know, like, you know, maybe they could win a conference title. You know, maybe I could see them, but, you know, reaching this level of accomplishment, but, you know, winning two games against playoff teams, that's tough. Well, now we're going to open it up a little bit, cast a little bit of a wider net. We're looking for teams that are going to be making their first college football playoff. It's a lot of great teams because 20 of the 28 spots uh, are actually occupied by um, just four teams. So there's a lot of very, very successful teams that have not gotten there. Before we jump into that, uh, Big headline from uh, over the weekend. We haven't gotten a chance to really uh, break it down because it didn't quite warrant an emergency podcast. Because some of it comes with hashtag as expected. But Henry Toto commits to Alabama. The uh, you know superstar linebacker at Tennessee, uh, very very highly rated recruit, highly rated prospect, and I think that it becomes um, mostly interesting from the fact that there was a maybe a two-week window where it seemed to waver. And uh, I will obviously, uh, Bud, from the recruiting side, you, you might have some insight on this. Uh, Dan, uh, Tom, you actually brought to my attention that Ohio State thought that maybe it was going to get in. And, and I think that we might have even had this conversation offline in, in that the transfer rules being changed might have dictated this. But now that we've got some, some finality to it, um, I get, I guess, but I'll let you get first crack at this. What was your understanding about the way that this recruitment went down? Cause I remember you had some insight at the beginning around national signing day about some of the messaging between the family and Alabama. Uh, how, how much of Ohio state, what, how much of a role did the Buckeyes play in this? Um, you know, what are the thoughts now that, uh, the top, I guess the top uncommitted, uh, transfer available, uh, has now made his intentions to go join the reigning national champions.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I I never really bought into the Ohio State stuff except as a backup plan. Um, our, our Hank South of Bama Online was did an awesome job tracking down Henry, Henry Toto's dad, and the dad straight up said, "We have consulted with Nick Saban on this. He has advised us: if you want to join Alabama, please wait to see if the conference will rescind its interconference transfer ban. Right? If they do, you're going to come here and you're going to start because we we think you're a really good player and. The dad said he was appreciative of Saban telling him, hey, we're not going to take you now because it's not fair to you or really to us uh, if you transfer to Alabama for your final year of pre-NFL eligibility and are not able to play because the SEC's inter-conference transfer rule. Once that rule was waived, Toto instantly made the call. like He was going to go to Bama unless – the NCAA or the, the SEC did not allow uh, for interconference transfers, which they're now allowing them. So, kudos to the SEC, by the way. That's just kind of a silly restriction, um, you know, that that probably shouldn't be in place anywhere. But there's a few conferences that still have it. But yeah, uh, shout out to Hank South and, and uh, also shout out to Toto's dad for being so transparent. I mean, that's not something you usually get in the recruiting or or transfer portal game.
1: Now, do do the SEC teams have to pool the transfers?
2: Oh, like the Georgia NIL bill?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We take all of the the transfers and we pull them together. And then, then toto
1: has got to play for everybody
0: now. No, no, no. no, It It actually means that Henry Toto has to go play for uh, the men's golf team. He has to go play for the women's (laughs) volleyball team. He has to go play for everybody. Sorry, Tom, didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, I just, yeah, I, it was, I, I, I'm not surprised by it. Like you said, Bud, Bud was talking about it. We, we were talking about it whether on the show or off the show for a long time that it seemed like he was going to Alabama. So that it finally happened. Cool. Uh, I'm just, as always, I'm just always happy for Alabama to finally get a good player. And I think that Henry Toto is a good player. Like he led Tennessee last year with 76 tackles. Alabama's got a need at the spot. He's going to step right in. Business will keep on going. And he knows the, Tigers, the
2: defense too. Cause yeah. Like think about what Pruitt ran there ran and what Tennessee.
1: Yep. So it's really a perfect fit for them. And I think it's going to be you know good for Alabama, good for Toto, and you know good for I don't know everybody.
3: <laughs> it's I mean. Our problem with college football is we need some parity. And I think people, you know, have opinions, maybe the transfer portal would increase parity. I think it's the opposite. Name image and likeness, maybe that'll increase it. But I think this is proof that the great teams are just going to fine tune their rosters through the transfer portal and it's going to make the best teams even better. So, it's kind of it's just confirmation of that opinion that I've had here over the last couple months and I think we're seeing the evolution of that now.
0: So Alabama's defense, when's the last what is the last like really, really great um at the end of the season we were talking like really, really great elite Alabama linebacker? Cause I think that we've always known Dylan Moses had the um the ceiling and he flashed early, but he had injury issues and he just he even has admitted since then never really was quite right during twenty twenty. Uh, I guess that you could say that you know, we've gotten some some edge rushers over the last couple of years that have flashed in just a little bit. I, I kind of looked at it and I was like, man, you know, if we looked at the middle – of Alabama's defense during some of our game breakdowns as like a potential weakness, right? Because they had Josh Job and they had Patrick Sertain on the outside. So there was no way that you were going to be able to beat them there. The only way that you were going to be able to maybe pick apart this Alabama defense was by trying to find something, find just a little bit of space in the middle of the field. And, you know, I say this as I pull it up, Dylan Moses was the team's leading tackler with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with 40 stops on the year. You know, Christian Harris had a good season. I kind of, kind of like this for a, uh, for Alabama, I mean, I, I get, Tom, I'm sorry that I'm piling on, but I like this for Alabama. I think that, like you said, Bud, it, it addresses a need. And, I mean, if he's awesome, then, like, this could be, uh, you know, this could be our Reuben Foster, our Reggie Raglan. Like, you know, we just got to Hightower. There's just, like, a run where we just had awesome, all-American caliber linebackers all the way through. I feel like Henry Toto can add his name to that list.
2: You know, I guess the one thing I would add to this is, I, I feel like in the SEC, there is a decent amount of of – of kind of scheme variants, right? Like you, you, you have A&M, which is still going to run a lot of two back run game. Georgia will get in there and the the way they flex their tight end off the ball, you'll you'll have some two back run game, you know, from them. We don't really know what LSU is going to run, but we assume it's going to be kind of that Joe Burrow type stuff, um, you know, from, from 2019. And then you have some teams that are just like wide the hell open, obviously with, with Ole Miss and Arkansas, I think adding another linebacker like this allows you to feel more confident that you're going to continue to shut down offenses like A&M and like Georgia.
0: Mm. Very good point. Uh, fans, Cover 3 listeners – We've reached that point of the year where there is a lot, I mean a lot, of sports going on all at once, which is why we wanted to tell you about the CBS Sports app and how it's not just the best scores app for your phone, but it's also where you get breaking news alerts, stories by us, standings, schedules, team pages, and all of the sports stuff that you're used to. I mean, it's all there in the CBS Sports app. So easy. You can get it on all your different devices. And of course, if there is a game airing on CBS... That means, yes, it is streaming for free for free ninety nine on the CBS Sports app. It's easy, right? All you've got to do is go and download that CBS Sports app. Uh, it's it's great. You turn the alerts on. Make sure you've got it updated. Go and leave us a review because there's so many different ways that you can get all of the great CBS Sports content. It is the best scores app. I will say that. You know, this the. I'm not trying to downplay uh, how strong it is for being able to keep track of the, what's going on across all, all of our different baseball futures uh, as we're tracking to make sure that Fiorentina is going to avoid relegation. You know, as, as we're really trying to uh, keep track of all the important things in sports, the CBS sports app is where to do, is where you can get it, go and download it uh, wherever you get your apps. Okay. Time to uh, open up the conversation just a little bit uh, for the, the way I feel like there's going to be, um, we're all going to bring about a handful of options to discuss. Do we want to go around the horn or do we want to take some of the top, uh, top programs and teams that I think fit this description the best and try and dissect them first? I can, I can go either way because the, there are three or four that I think are going to be on everyone's list. And then I'm also interested in hearing uh, where we might have some individual personal preferences here. How do y'all want to do this?
2: I say we go around the horn and, and like, let's somebody throw out a team and then we'll, we'll, you know, smack talk each other about it or agree with each other.
0: Okay. who's Who's got, who's got something, who's got something to say about how Texas AM is not <laughs> going to be, uh is not going to be making its first college football playoff appearance?
1: I could give you why. Would it happen? Okay. I, they're one of my, I think if we're doing this is like a power ranking kind of way, I think that. I don't know. We probably have them one or two. Most of us would, but I can tell you why it wouldn't if that's what you want. Sure. Cause it's in the sec West period. And It's got to get through Alabama and it's got to get through an LSU, which is probably not going to be as bad as it was. It's got to deal with Auburn. It's got to deal with both Mississippis. It's got, it's, it's got a really rough road and it is difficult to win that division. And if we're just doing like, which one's next, doesn't mean texas a&m can never get there it's just there are other teams that might have an easier path so from that kind of standpoint the, the runway might be clearer for other teams than it is for a&m even if you just look at it whereas a and is probably one of the the most talented team in the group that we're looking at from a you know recruiting a talent standpoint it's got that giant alabama boulder blocking its path
0: so i've already I've already tried to like game this out to like the counter move and then my counter to the counter move because number one, um, in the argument about Texas A&M not being explosive, on offensively and not being able to to get the kind of explosive plays that you need. I'm willing to entertain the idea. Gosh, I've overthought this so much. I'm willing to entertain the idea that somebody is going to emerge at the wide receiver position and that they are going to be able to create that explosiveness. Just the floor for talent is too high not to think that there might be some development that we haven't seen yet. Uh, something that could happen and then all of a sudden uh, everything really starts to click for that Texas A&M offense. Defensively, I think we all agree that they are elite. The second Second piece of this uh, overthinking by Chip is what if in the pandemic season, um, you know, we thought that the offenses were going to be out of sync. And I think that some of the conversations that we've had and what we've observed is that defenses were the ones that were arguably like maybe a little bit more hampered in terms of you know the lack of time. Uh, it isn't necessarily about the lack of time to install uh, as much as it was just the lack of reps to get out there and be facing uh, a live offense and be ready to go for game speed and things like that. And and maybe we start to see slightly. Uh, a shift with a full offseason ready to go of maybe the return of defense. And if there is the return of defense, then that could come with a Texas a and uh, a little bit of a boost for Texas a and M where you can win with defense in the way that some Georgia teams under Kirby smart that have reached sec championship games that have reached national championship games with, you got Jake Fromm as a quarterback, and you're in the national championship game with the halftime lead. Like you can win with defense, and that would be uh, the blueprint. The idea that a full offseason allows the defense to close the gap just a little bit, and that could benefit Texas A&M. So I'm willing to entertain that they could find explosiveness. And I wonder if in 2021 we see the defenses play a little bit better than they did in 2020.
1: So you're guaranteeing they make it this year?
0: Yes, is what I'm saying. Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Jimbo may be stubborn. I think
2: there's probably no, no maybe about it. Like, he's stubborn. He believes in what he does. But he's not an idiot. And I, I do think that they have some analytics department at, at Texas A&M who can tell him, hey, your offense is getting l- less explosive relative to the field every year you've been at A&M. And really every year since about 2015. So five years in a row, your offense is declining in explosiveness. I think there's a chance they could work on that. They, they could maybe play a little bit more outside their system, take a few more shots, do a, little, a few more QB-friendly things, don't rely on you know, the West Coast hitting the guy perfectly in stride type thing, creating separation through, through shot plays as opposed to just perfectly reading the defense and hitting the guy when he's a step and a half open. He did. Jimbo did recently say that DeMond DeMoss uh, was making major strides. He was a five-star receiver they signed two years ago. We'll see if, if that's if that's true and if they actually put him in the game. Uh last year really didn't a whole lot. I know he was banged up at times. I think the one thing to hear that you could see a scenario, and I, I have AM high on my list on this. I think they're one of the very few teams that has probably a you know greater than a 10% chance to make the playoff for the first time this year. Is they play so slow on offense that it is hard to blow them out. Now, Bama does it sometimes, but if they were able to play a close game against against undefeated Alabama at home, and then they put up some style points in in the remaining games, you know, Missouri, South Carolina, Auburn, you could you have to go to Ole Miss and LSU, which is not easy. And Bama wins the SEC. You could easily see a one loss AM that lost close to Alabama that basically dominated everybody else. You could see them making the argument. I I, I think that's that's fair. It probably also helps their case that they got left out last year uh deservedly so in my opinion but still the narratives seem to sway voters here a little bit so I, I i can see the case for them i
1: think in that scenario though you need like they need everything else to be perfect too like they can't have an undefeated pac-12 champion or right you know what i mean like they need the other conferences to have a couple two lost champions i, I
3: totally i i would lean more towards bud like when tom when you said they play in the sec west I was going to go with, well, that's my reason why they will make it in because you do have that advantage. That's the division we've already seen two-team, you know, a non-division champ make it from. They do have a pretty manageable schedule. Now, I think it'll be tougher than expected because I do think Ole Miss will be better defensively. I think Auburn will be better who they play at home. I do think LSU will be better, but I still think Texas A&M probably is favored in every game – most likely, except for the Alabama game. And now they've lost by three touchdowns or more. If they keep it close somehow at home, and as we're talking about, run the ball, you know, keep it slow, like slow it down, try to keep that offense at bay. Like I could see a recipe for Texas a m to get in, Bud brings up a great point. Like you do need our Tommy, like you do have to have a little bit of chaos, but the Pac-12, we have no con- like. We'll talk about some Pac-12 teams too. But is there a confidence that there's going to be a one-loss champ? No, I don't know. You know, the big like that. That's the issue though. It's going to be for that four spot. Is it? It does everything unfold perfectly, and I would say that it does help them that they were close last year.
0: All right. So Texas A&M, that's that one's out there. Uh, who, who wants to throw one out?
1: All right. I'll go. I'll go, you go ahead, Tom. I'll, I'll throw one that might be a little more controversial. Well, not controversial, but probably won't be unanimous. I will say USC. And I, I think that if you look at the path, kind of like we were just talking about with AM, I think there's a clearer path for USC. And when I look at USC, it's funny because we've talked about so many teams over you know the last couple of years here when it comes to like being a playoff caliber team. It's like they're a quarterback away, they're a, you know a Penn State quarterback away, Michigan quarterback away, you know a lot of teams. I think USC is a coach away. Ooh, <laughs> like yeah. I think that if. And I it maybe maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe this year they're having a great season and he, he gets an extension, or whatever. But I just feel like it's only a matter of time before Clay Helton is fired and somebody is brought in that can take advantage of the what that school has at its disposal, you know, like a bigger name coach and somebody who has the, the capability of doing it and maybe even the drive to get it done. And then I think USC is probably going to be a playoff team in the very near future, right after that. So I think they are definitely a team of contention because talent wise, like compared to the rest of the pac 12, there's a huge advantage for them particularly in their division over the rest of the teams that they're facing. So they should be winning the division when they get to the championship game, Oregon is, could be a very, you know, tricky opponent for them because Oregon is improving from a talent level and Washington is still a very solid team. But I just think that USC is USC so therefore, the fact that it hasn't made a playoff yet is kind of a disappointment for USC because we're going into what, the eighth year of the playoff and it hasn't even gotten a playoff berth while Washington has. This is USC should should be there. And I think it's one of those teams that could be the next ones to get in.
0: So Washington and Oregon already in the college football playoff. They are eliminated from this conversation. USC is without a doubt the the next one up in the, the power ranking of potential in terms of making the college football playoff, but they do not give bonuses in the college football playoff rankings for being a really nice guy and just being great, you know, just everybody loves him. And I, I think that that's the, what you're starting to tap into here. How about uh, if you're going to say they're a quarterback away, USC has two quarterbacks that I think maybe it's Jackson dart good enough to lead USC to the college football playoff if Keaton Slovis continues to look a little bit shaky as he continues to work on things because I, while Keontae Ingram was like a cool takeaway from the spring game, I, I still think that the offense is... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be one of the top five offenses in all of college football. I think it'll be really good, probably one of the best in the Pac-12, but I, I don't know if I see it necessarily having... Uh, the difference-making impact that you would think, given the talent at wide receiver, quarterback, the presence of Graham Har- Harold, the fact that he's been there for a couple of years, I, I'm going to have to be a wait and see. I've been, I've been drinking the, the sweet, sweet nectar of the USC hype train for too many years. I think I'm going to have to slow this down here. Uh, I'm, I'm moving my chips elsewhere in the South.
2: I, so is USC going to be favored in every game?
1: I don't have it scheduled in front of me, but I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it's – so I, well, they play Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is probably
2: going to be favored. It's on the road, game. too. So, yeah. like, they're, they're, they're in South Bend. They are it at, at Arizona State. But even so, like, Notre Dame will either be favored or a dog of less than a touchdown in all of their games. Like, they, they won't be 10-point dogs at the Irish. They certainly won't be, you know, anything more than a field goal at Arizona State, I don't I don't think. It's plausible they run the table, right? Like, I what 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 odds would would you give USC to go undefeated? Like one and a half percent, two percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Clay Helton doesn't have a good record against the spread. We can't. I, I think I'm including that, that is, in there. Like, yeah,
2: I, yeah. If, if you gave me a better coach, I would probably say five <laughs> percent. Yeah, right. Ex- exactly.
0: I mean, ten percent
2: to go undefeated is is, is I think too is, high, even if you gave yeah. him like Nick Saban. But like, you know, yeah, I, I think they're probably like two percent to go undefeated. And if that happens, they're, they're probably good enough to beat Oregon. So I can totally see why this would fit. You know, they they don't have to play the ducks in the regular season. Their non-conference is, you know, San Jose state, which will be plucky, but I don't know if San Jose state can play enough defense to stop this offense. BYU, which lost a ton of people, they do get them last game of the year. So they might be more experienced. And then the Irish who, you know, they did lose quite a bit. We'll see what they look like. I think this is a fine pick. Um, it wouldn't be the, at the top of my board, but it, it makes some sense. Like, I can see a path. I don't think you're out there just in, in, you know, crazy pants land.
1: Also, I do think, like, if they did lose that Notre Dame game and they won out everywhere else, like, as long as they weren't blown out by Notre Dame and Notre Dame is still a pretty, you know, good team in 2021, a one loss Pac 12 champion that is USC. I think we'll have you know a better shot at getting one of those four berths than like a one loss Pac-12 champion that was Washington or somebody. You'd also need.
2: You want to throw a bet in? What what Uh, odds do you guys want for USC to make the playoff
1: this year? Yeah,
0: can't do it. Not after no odds. Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, not after seeing Charlie Brewer go fifteen for fifteen in the spring game. I mean, I just (laughs) told you I'm picking somebody else in the South.
1: I think Oregon's going to win it. That's why I, I wouldn't take yeah, USC. I don't think it's going to happen this year. That's the thing. I think, it, uh, like I said, I still think they're a coach away, and I'm not. I'm not betting on them at any odds with Clay Helton. Whew. I would Man, take. Like I didn't know we had that
3: many Clay Helton haters on this
1: podcast. I, I don't I know. hate him. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's a college football playoff level coach. You know what I mean? I don't think he's that. I don't think he runs that kind of. I mean, he's at USC, and look at how kind of mediocre USC has been.
0: They went so, five and oh. they won every regular season game they played. Would you yeah. guys give me 200? 200 to one to make the playoff. To make the playoff.
3: No, no that's, that's too way much. too long. Yeah. yeah. You probably find, I bet you could find 50 to one to make the playoff at some sports books. I would, bet yeah, but I don't want 50 to that. one.
0: Right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if I think they're 2% to go undefeated,
2: then they're probably only what, 60% to beat Oregon in that game after that? That's, I mean, you certainly need greater than 50-1 than to 1 on that.
0: Mm. Are you are you all in on Clay? Do you think, Danny, do you think Clay Helton is a college football playoff caliber coach?
3: I think he could be. I think he's in the similar vein of a lot of coaches that we talk about that are on the cusp. Now, he should have the resources to get there. But he did start off strong when he had that quarterback in Sam Darnold. Um, I don't think Keaton Slovis is Sam Darnold. But like you pointed out, they were five and one last year. Like they were, like it's not like they were awful. I of course I think this is a massive year for Clay Helton, but I think he could do it. I, I think he could win the South. I like could be a one loss team in the Pac twelve championship again. And if they fall short of that, then I absolutely think all right, it's time to make a change. Like this clearly is the make or break year. I'm just willing to give him a little bit more of a pass uh, than you guys.
0: The uh, I, I cannot wait for this to get aggregated on USCfootball.com. For, uh, for us, just certified Clay Helton haters on the cover three oh, podcast. No,
3: no, you know what they'll be doing? They'll be cheering you guys. Oh, I mean, I've gotten into it with USC <laughs> fans. I've, this happened a couple years ago after the one bad season, after like after Darnold left, they were ready to get rid of him. And I used to get into it with SC fans. They want Helton out of there, they want that star, they want Jeff Fisher to come back. So I don't know what they're looking for, they just want that big Chip Kelly. They want to hire him from across town. Maybe you can put it in
1: my bio hashtag Helton
3: hater. Yeah. (laughs) All right. You guys are barking up the wrong tree. Although we started with the right. I think you have to go sec as much as I hate to admit it. I think there's so many advantages to playing in that conference. We've already seen two teams make the playoff from the sec Hey, I don't know if it happens this year, although I do. I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about the Georgia hype train. But Gator Danny is about to go. The Florida Gators have the talent to do it. They do play in the East. Now, they catch Bama this year, which is bad luck. They play at the third week of the season. So, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go as far to say it this year. But why not? Why not the Florida Gators? If Dan Mullen has – and we do – I do think their offense is going to look completely different with Emory Jones versus how it looked with Emory Trask, but I think it might look more like Dan Mullen's offenses have looked in the past. I think their defense will be better. They've addressed a lot of the issues on the defensive line through the transfer portal. They lose a lot in Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony, but it's not like the cupboard is bare. So why not the Florida Gators to be that next team to make the playoff?
1: You know, it's funny because I mentioned I, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I feel like it's with USC, I feel like it's somewhat disappointing that they haven't made it once. And I think that I mean, I we, we know all the reasons why it hasn't happened. It's it's been obvious for the last years. It's just when you think of how good that Florida program was during like the BCS era and winning multiple national titles. The fact that we're now entering the eighth year of the college football playoff and the Gators haven't even qualified for it once. And they've been in the half of the SEC where for a lot of that period there really wasn't like you know an alpha dog there wasn't anybody there that you looked at and said okay that's the best team in the division and so they were going but part of that obviously was because florida was going through its own downturn itself but it's still it's just you think that of of the history that they've had recent history of the talent that they have available to them of the conference that they play in the fact that they haven't been one of those four teams yet is just a huge disappointment so i'm i'm with you i definitely think that they're a candidate they were up up high on my list of teams that I feel like are very likely to get there soon.
0: Mac won two division titles. Jim McElwain showed up to the sec championship game twice and no one took those teams seriously as a college football playoff contender. I mean, and then what happened to them in those games? Well, so like on the scoreboard, some of them weren't even, uh, Like some of them weren't even necessarily blowouts, but they were like the most painful blowouts where you're like, well, Florida's never going to score. And I don't know how long they can hold Derrick Henry at bay. So they're just going to keep feeding him the rock 42 times and and see what happens. I don't, I'm not taking Danny. I'm not taking Florida this year. I've got to think that while it's like these new Year's six appearances, these like strong first years with Dan Mullen there's got to be some kind of step back or regression as we uh, switch over at the quarterback position and just just turn over a lot of pros at the skill positions that I schedule obviously taken into consideration as you draw Bama from the SEC West. But I I think that Florida is a division title contender that at the same time might be susceptible to the Kentucky loss. You know, just like that one or two games where it's like, man, they... They, they should have won that game. I, I just don't think that they are flawless in the way that you're going to avoid losing uh, games that you should win. Here's, By here's the way,
3: the- now just a, a point of reference here for one of the reasons they jumped off to me. Now, these aren't making the playoff odds. They are to win the national championship odds. So you have clearly you have the teams that have already been there, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and then Texas A&M is the next best odds at 25 to one then there's another LSU t- uh, LSU is at 35 to one who's already been so they're out mm-hmm. of this conversation and then guess who's next Florida Gators mm. fifty to one odds
1: here's here's a question for you guys what kind of odds would you give me on this because chip like you said you don't think Florida's going to do it this year I don't think Florida's doing it this year either I don't think USC is doing it this year. I don't think Texas A&M is doing it this year. We haven't talked about any other teams yet, but I kind of have an idea of who the teams we're going to talk about are. But what kind of odds can I get on 2021's college football playoff consisting of four teams that have already been to the
0: playoff? So it's interesting you say that 2020 was the first year that happened. One of the interesting premises of the entire conversation is that every single season prior to 2020 had at least one playoff rookie. And so, I mean, some of that, you know, 2014, everybody's a playoff rookie. Like, slowly but surely, we knew that we were going to have nothing but returning customers at the college football playoff diner. But there are more times than not, every year except for 2020, it, there has been at least one new team. And so, part of the like interesting part, interesting angle to this discussion is that the very, very, very short history of the playoffs says that there's going to be a rookie. I think that we will have, I think we'll have one rookie.
2: Danny, I'll, I'll give you ten to one on
0: Florida for playoff.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's long enough.
0: I like, guess I'm not into it this year. No, I'm Negotiate. not into
3: this year because I'm kind of leaning towards the to the that we might see that repeat of four teams that have already been there. Like it's just there, it's becoming a massive problem that the rich are getting richer. I would take twenty to one on Florida making the playoffs. Even that, I don't know if it's long enough. All right, I'll do it all right okay
2: so what kind of odds can i get on my all returnees i got to think about this for, for a yeah. little bit this this might be something to email in for the next show um,
0: for the for the no. all for the all returning customer college football playoff yeah okay and so tom you would be in favor of it
1: yes i that is my prediction is that the 2021 playoff will consist of four teams who've already been to the playoff
0: i'm team rookie we'll have at least one somebody's gonna I hope break you're through. right i
1: hope chip is right
0: but it, you know, it's gonna like it drives the narrative further for expansion if we do have a second straight. not like if we just trade out Notre Dame for Oklahoma and it's Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Clemson. Whew, boy, that's well, just.
1: Wait, let, let me pose this to you: Who wants to expand?
0: Who like at, the playoff
1: on, wants to expand? Right. So maybe they, you know. Kind of rig it a little bit.
0: Oh, no, don't get get out of here with that tinfoil hat. <laughs> it's not a tinfoil hat. That's the problem. You guys think it's tinfoil hat. It's just the way it works. Just There is a subconscious drive that is created by discussions as you're walking when you around have the, the house.
1: When you have a chance to create things that are suitable to your needs and desires, whether you're aware of it or not, that's what you're going to do.
0: So far, we've got uh, a Texas A&M, we've got a USC, we've got a Florida, um, Bud, have you got one out here? No.
2: Oh, I definitely have one. All right. Yeah. I, I, I have one that whose fan base hates me, so I'm really happy that I'm excited that I get a chance <laughs> to bring him up. I was saving him for you. Iowa State, man. I like, forgot you've been
0: beefing with the clones.
2: Oh God. Yeah. Like they, they think it's totally crazy that, that, that I think that Iowa state is probably pretty close to maxed out. And I'm not totally buying in on the idea that all these guys came back just for unfinished business. And maybe I believe maybe some of them aren't quite as good of players as they think they are. And aren't really that big time NFL prospects, but I still think it's going to be a damn good football team. Right? Like they, they, if you can play at like a top 10 level and I, I believe they can, um, You know, like it's going to be hard to unseat Oklahoma, but they'll be favored in probably all of their other games. I think it's very likely that Iowa State, you know, wins ten plus. You know, Iowa State's team to make the playoff. I mean, they were my number one, even even over a And M, because I I feel like like Alabama is a greater obstacle to overcome than Oklahoma is. Even though I am high on Oklahoma this year, I think they'll be a a good football team. Uh, Iowa State under Matt Campbell's well coached. They've had some weird slip ups at times that you were like, "Damn!" Like for a well coached team, they shouldn't lose that game, but they are super experienced. I'm, I I think Iowa State is is maybe the best pick on the board, guys. I'm Mm. gonna disagree.
1: All right, too. I'll take some of that heat off you. All right, I'll, I'll I'll clear your mentions a little bit. I just think, like, I agree. I think Iowa State's a good team. I think Matt Campbell's one of the best coaches. In the country I think that what he's been able to do with that program has been outstanding and I understand why Iowa State fans are desperate for him to stay there as long as possible. I just look at the situation and I think that if you're Iowa State to reach the playoff you have to be damn near perfect. You can't afford a slip up and when I look at that roster and I look at the overall talent level of it that is not the kind of team where I could look at and say that team, I have confidence in going undefeated. That team, I have confidence in not making a mistake because, as we're kind of talking about, just with the human element of it, like we were talking, like if if the selection committee is sitting there and it's looking at a one loss Iowa State team that maybe won the Big Twelve title, and you know it's split with Oklahoma, like it lost to them during the regular season, then it gets the rematch in the Big Twelve championship game and it pulls off, you know, the quote unquote upset and then it's comparing it to like a one-loss Texas A&M team that's only lost was to Alabama, and it was a close loss, I think we know what direction the committee's going to go. It's not going to be Iowa State's direction. So I feel like the Cyclones have to be absolutely perfect. They'd have to beat Oklahoma not once. They'd have to beat them twice, and they would have to do that while avoiding a slip-up somewhere else, whether that's Iowa in non-conference play, or if that's against a Texas or a Baylor or an Oklahoma State or a West Virginia. And I think what else complicates it is if Steve Sarkeesian comes to Texas and Texas starts winning, and I think that all the off-field stuff aside, I do think Texas's football team was getting better. On the field, it wasn't where Texas wanted. It. Texas fans wanted it to be yet, but I thought it was trending in that direction. And I think that if Texas start keeps going in that direction, that's just going to make life a lot more difficult than Iowa State too. There's no way Iowa State's
3: making the playoff. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, uh, they're just not. Um, I would love to see it happen. I think they absolutely maxed out last year. Reminder with a loss to Louisiana in that season with a game that they now they outcoached Texas, but the better team was Texas that day. Can we agree on that? If you watch that game, like Texas was the better team. And this is, I don't want to be like, I don't feel like I'm trolling Iowa state, but what, and bud, when do your uh, team composite rankings come out for 2021? Do they not, do they come out during the season after like, when do they come out? August. Right? I,
2: I, I think it'll be uh, probably like late July. Because uh, when, I'm, I'm when, when going you know, in tra- even stronger stuff.
3: I'm going even stronger on Iowa state. So if we agree, and I've said this a lot, college football is a talent acquisition business who has the most talent on their roster. Alabama, ding, 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 probably going to have the most. Then it's Ohio State. Then it's Clemson. And it's Oklahoma. And there are some teams jockeying in there. So my prerequisite to looking at the teams that I thought were going to make the playoffs were they had to have at least a talent level that was going to be at least within a vicinity of those top teams that they would have to compete against into it. Now, according to the 2020 composite rankings, uh, team composite ranks, which I was just perusing right now, Iowa State I can't find them in the top 50. Got to hit load more. How about Anytime How you about hit load How more. about No, I didn't do that. I didn't hit more. I went to the Big 12 because I was thinking this in my mind, how many teams within their own conference have more talent on their roster? And this kind of confirms because I was going to come in with a take. I think TCU has a better year than Iowa State this football season. Ooh, okay, that oh. might be a little hot. But I do think Danny brings up a really
2: good point, And this is something I got into some got into on Twitter with some Iowa State fans recently. And some of them were, you know, open for discussion. Some just wanted to take shots. And everybody's welcome. Everybody listens. Here's the thing: when you're doing your projections, and Tom will tell you this, Bill Conley will tell you this. Anybody who does projection systems will tell you this. Even for players that are in their third and fourth year, your rankings are less accurate if you remove their initial recruiting grade. Mm. Right. Because that still holds predictive value, less so obviously after four years than it does, does for one year. But if you backtest your, your, your stuff, you will find that it is still more accurate and more predictive to leave that recruiting ranking in. And in the case of Iowa State here, I think it is specifically notable for this. If, as Danny said, they're maxed out, and I tend to think that they are somewhat maxed out, Like, do they really have another big step they can take? I'm going to go back to, to the baseline here. Of recruiting rankings which are not perfect they're certainly far from perfect but they're usually pretty damn good Iowa State has already exceeded them quite a bit but how much additional like potential do these players on Iowa State's team have that they were not able to reach last year I think there's reason for concern I am going to give the benefit of the doubt to teams who recruit better now Iowa State fans will say oh teams with, with famous logos and famous shirts yeah but teams who recruit more athletic players man that that that's what those teams typically do. So I am going to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt over a team like Iowa State, who I think could easily repeat last year's performance. Do they have the chance to go even higher than last year? Would, would be my question.
0: So I'm so glad, Danny, that you mentioned the Texas game because it it came up with the point that I was going to make. Um, and, and it first with a question, like Ken can Palm, Ken can Palmer, college basketball rankings have a luck factor. Is there any advanced analytics for college football that sort of take that into consideration? Because I wonder what a, an Iowa State team that won by three points against TCU, by seven against Oklahoma, by seven against Baylor, by three points against Texas, I wonder if you could say that this is an Iowa State team that got a lot of good bounces.
2: I have it, if you if you want it. Sure. Um, yeah, so the Texas game... Their post game win expectancy per, per Bill Connolly stuff was fifty percent, so that was basically just a coin flip. So a three point game there makes exactly you know perfect sense. They were actually fifty six percent to win against UL Lafayette, which is crazy. But Lafayette had a lot of like flukish you know special they had teams special type teams scores, yep. which are not repeatable skill. Like special teams are great, devote practice time to them, whatever. That that that's not repeatable skill. If it was, Bama would have like a million kickoff returns a year, and it's just it it ain't. Um, you know their loss to Oklahoma State was forty-seven percent, so they lost by a field goal. That's pretty fair. Their record, like they were not unlucky last year, mm-hmm. and they were not really lucky. Like their record was nine and three, and their their second order win total was eight point eight, so they were within point two of that. So they they they, and they were about what they were. Okay. Um. Overall. Well, we've got uh, another. Also, the blowout against Oregon was not justified. 58 percent so them beating Oregon by 17 points is a little bit lucky there
0: yeah i remember that weird game uh i want to tell you about the all new stitcher podcast app it's been rebuilt from the ground up to make it easier to listen to podcasts on the go or on the revamped web player stitcher is home to all your favorite podcasts from classics like my favorite murder this american life how did this get made all this and all the cbs shows like pick six NF pick six, NFL fantasy, baseball today, and of course your favorite, cut the cover three podcast. In Stitcher, you have more control like setting your download preferences per show and the ability to listen at virtually any speed. With Stitcher, you can listen to your podcasts anytime, anywhere. So give the all-new Stitcher a try. Download it in the App Store or at stitcherapp.com slash download. Once again, that is stitcherapp.com slash download. It's the all-new Stitcher app, rebuilt from the ground up, making it easier to listen to your favorite podcasts. Coming up on the other side, there's a coach who just arrived at a program that has not been to the college football playoff, I think, think they should be on this list next the all-new hyundai 2024 santa fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family the all-new hyundai santa fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure what kind of features well how about the available h-track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud Or the standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
0: that Steve Sarkeesian takes the horns to the college football playoff in 2021. Because while I won't jump on USC, if we can get a good price here, I'll throw that on the uh, on the sheet right now.
1: What are the odds? I don't know that they're great, but, oh, God, kind of hot takey here. I think Texas's odds of reaching the playoff in 2021 are better than Iowa State's.
0: Right. That's – I, I would pick so, Texas ahead of Iowa State. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I think, guys,
2: I think you can be bullish on Texas and bearish on Iowa State and still not get. I I, I can't get there.
0: I right now. I would rather logos
1: on shirts. It's. I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if Texas, it, it's Texas. They were seven and three a, last year. Like there will be a narrative wave behind it. If Texas and if Sark shows up in year one and Texas starts rolling off wins, it beats Oklahoma at the red river shootout. It goes to the big 12 championship and it beats Oklahoma or Iowa state again. If Texas is a big 12 champion, man, it is getting in. I don't think I even Uh, need narrative. I just, how many games do you have Texas winning? Like 10, many, but I'm saying, I don't 10.
2: I, you have 10 wins for Texas. I,
0: uh, they have got I, what the LSU game that got rescheduled is probably their toughest non-con, right? I don't, I don't think that's on on this list. What's the toughest non-con game? Because I think they're three and zero in the non-con. Arkansas,
1: Rice, Louisiana.
0: Yeah, three and zero in the non-con. Early
1: too, right? I'll take You're under ten wins 3-0. for Texas. Under, I gonna take under ten too. I, I project Texas to be like a seven to. I'll go under nine and a half team. If Chip wants over nine and a half, yeah, I'll go over if nine. This and is and a half. all right. What's well, the conversation? chip hold up. Chip. Yeah. Negotiate some juice, buddy. <laughs> I, hey, we, I mean, he just said let's do it. Like, yeah, what do you do what, it. one one twenty
0: or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, what the under would be juiced to one twenty, and I get what plus one ten on that one? Is that the way that the prices end up, or is that probably sort of like sideways? Okay. Think.
3: But the question for this year: Wouldn't you rather have Texas at eighty to one than Iowa State at thirty to one? Yes. yes. Wait,
2: eighty to one to make the playoff to win the title.
3: Oh well, this is to win the championship, so oh. I don't, I'd, it'd have to be adjusted down. But if it was half of each, you know, just to win, the, I would take the longer shot, Texas over Iowa State. So I'd give you twenty
2: one on Texas to make.
3: No, because I don't. I I think I think for these, I don't think either one makes it this year. But I would then the conversation is who has the best chance to make it next. I would say Texas, and I don't think it's
0: close. I just don't think Texas has been like Texas has been bad, but it's the best situation that any, any first year coach is inheriting. And if you want to like, think about um, you know, like the reasons Tom Herman were fired, like what percentage of it was on field, what percentage of it was off field, you know, what percentage of it was um, everything that was going on with the eyes of Texas and and just sort of the, um, the, the way that that whole group was unsettled because I, I think it's a really, really talented roster I think that when you go back and you look at a three-point loss to Iowa State, a four-overtime loss to Oklahoma, and a two-point loss to TCU, those are the only defeats on the schedule. I absolutely think that just like change of voice, Steve Sarkeesian, a coaching staff that we think really highly of, mostly because he pulled so much of it from Alabama to come with him. I think that Texas has a better chance of making the playoff in 2021 than Iowa State. I think the Texas is a 10-win team in 2021 and like you mentioned Tom I'm not even talking about the narrative side of this but even 10-win Texas or like Big 12 championship competitive Texas is just one of the stories of the year in college football.
1: Now this this isn't to reach the playoff I can't find futures on that but I did find just you know conference title odds which are kind of similar in a way to reach in the playoff Iowa States two and a half to one. Texas is four to one. I would rather have Texas four to one. Yeah, me
3: too. Same hundred percent. I mean, you could see, couldn't you envision a scenario where Bijan John Robinson is just going off this season and everybody's gonna be like, what was Tom Herman doing sitting this guy half the year? Why didn't he play more? Where was this guy last year? And if one of these quarterbacks is pretty good I could see Texas being a team that garners a lot of attention. Brands do help as we've established on here, getting into the playoff. You could see a scenario where Oklahoma, you know, you, you could lose in the regular season, get better and maybe knock them off in the postseason. Like, I I just think there's a lot that could happen here. The quarterback controversy is uh, Tom has alluded to Caleb Williams. There could be an unrest in Norman. So I, I'd, I'd much rather have Texas.
1: All right. So I, I can't believe I'm arguing for Iowa State, but I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> you're shook. They State got to you, that. bro. Like you got, you got shook by the fans. They're, they're, they're on your mind. Like, the- <laughs> do we know if Steve Sarkisian can coach as a head coach? Uh, no, yeah, I think there's still some questions there, but here's the um, thing. Like, I, I think that if we're talking now, it's like, all right, so. Matt Campbell, I think we all agree, is the better coach right now based on what we know than Steve Sarkeesian. But- what matters more, coaching
3: or talent? I think talent wins out. Talent. Now, I think you can maximize the talent you're given, which Matt Campbell has already proven he's exceptional with. But I do think Sark has a way more talented roster than Iowa State does. And I think he's been given – I think, like, the cupboard is not bare at Texas. What he inherited was a pretty good team. It's not like Texas was awful last year. They weren't as good as they want to be. But it's not like you're inheriting a three-and-nine program that's, you know, ah, oh, this down is this a massive turnaround. I don't think the turnaround is that bad. I don't think it's that big of a project.
1: But let me introduce you to this thing. It's called the blue chip ratio. <laughs> Texas. Oh God, you will go <laughs> broke
2: if you bet with this. Um, it's, a, it's it's a disqualifying thing. Like if you're not on this, you will not win the national titles. So Iowa State, you're not winning the, you're not winning a ring. Uh, but just being on it definitely does not guarantee that you will you you will win something. Can I bring up one team before I have to bounce? Yep. Yeah. Penn State.
3: Yeah. Good
2: quarterback call I away. Them. They, yep. they are they are quarterback away. They they get they have to go to to Ohio State, which is difficult, right? But they they open with, with, with Wisconsin. So you know, maybe you can you can get that one. They get Auburn at home. I got them favored over Auburn. I assume you guys do as well. hmm That's an SEC win. They get Michigan at home to close Michigan State Rutgers, Maryland. You know, they they could rack up four wins there pretty easily following the Ohio State game. If they can somehow find a way to clip up Clip Ohio State, and I think I think Penn State's secondary will be a good secondary this year, which you're definitely going to need uh, against them. I I can see Penn State easily going. Um, you know, they're a team that just in my own personal stuff, like I think they're kind of in that like thirty to one range to make the playoff, and that's hell on this group of teams. That that's puts you up fairly high on my list.
1: Yeah, I, I I think that Penn State is definitely one of the five most likely to do it like I, we've talked about other teams i think that are less likely than i think penn state is because like i've said i i think they're a qb away i think talent wise they've been very good i think coaching staff wise they've been able to bring that talent there just the thing about penn state that has kept me on them every single year when i watch is like man the quarterback's just not good enough like even i loved trace mcsorley but he just wasn't good enough to be like you know t- to be the team that could not just reach a playoff, because you got to get through that division first. And to get through that division, you've got to get through Ohio State. You've got to be able to beat Ohio State. And Michigan, while I know that we rag on it for being Michigan and not living up to the expectations, it's still been a quality football team. It's still been a difficult team for most to ignore. And you've got Indiana coming up. You had Michigan State playing well there for a few years. And then, you know, on the other side, I think another question is, would you take Michigan, as far as the Big Ten is concerned, over, or would you take a team from the West to be most likely to reach the playoffs? I'd the rather West. have
3: Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wisconsin. Like, do I, do I take a might... team from the West, or just, or, or or just I
2: get I get the whole West.
1: I uh like Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, like the West contenders, Northwestern. Yeah, give me Wisconsin. I, I, I think, I think Wisconsin I'd rather have
3: is... Wisconsin over Penn State because they really don't, they don't That's have to go through that division. You know, they, all they got to do – and, like, Northwestern was up against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you like, all you need is a game where you get them nervous, you have a quarterback who throws a couple picks, or, you know, your defense is flying around, you get a pick six. Like, you come out with a win, you win the Big Ten, you're going to be in.
1: Unless it's Penn State. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of I, – I think Penn State – it's weird because it's one of those situations where whether it had Penn state or Wisconsin, I think if Penn state got to the playoff, it would have a much better chance of doing quote unquote damage Mm -hmm. once it got there. But I do kind of, I kind of side with you on the idea that Wisconsin's got more likely to get there because they do have an easier path in that the West Mm -hmm. is far easier to win than the East at this point. And then you just kind of got to get, you know, you have to have a good day in Indianapolis and you have to catch Ohio state on a bad day. And if that happens, you're going to the playoff
0: anymore sorry but I got Barton's internet again I transferred <laughs> he transferred his uh
1: all of his pulling cords out he's just pulling the plug on stuff yeah, I did.
3: think there's one obvious and chip this is perfect for you to weigh on because I'm sure pump is some people are like what about North Carolina?
1: Do, Do we, we lose, lose him again, him again? <laughs> North Uh, Carolina Chip There
3: he is is. You were frozen Like it was a statue It was a statue It was a screen grab Uh, Would you take North Carolina If you could I would need really long odds I would love to see it happen It's just hard to take a team From the ACC When Clemson's rolling The way they are
1: Well here Another way to phrase it North Carolina or Miami
0: North Carolina I think North Carolina Has got the better defense I think that uh, all of the starters from the bowl game are back on the defensive side of the ball and a secondary that has like Tony Grimes to Conley storm duck. Like that might be what I'm a, an awesome name. I know I'm working on an argument that they've got the best, the most talented secondary in the ACC. Um, I feel is like we'll oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I feel like that is some, a, a side of the ball that kind of let them down as Sam Howell was lighting them up They've just were so young and inexperienced, and so if that group comes along and Howell has a good season, then absolutely North Carolina is the second best team in the ACC. Where I think it becomes interesting is sort of within the North Carolina program, because uh, like the question I'm going to pose to a lot of people around the program in the coming months, or the coming weeks are: How much does the presence of Clemson, which has dominated the ACC, in ways that are mostly unprecedented and don't happen, except for a few cases uh, throughout college football at the power conference level, how much does the presence of Clemson put a a ceiling on what the team believes it can do? do? You know, how much does like, no, we're just shooting for second place Or, or on the flip side of it, does a North Carolina team that had Clemson on the ropes on a two-point conversion try with its then freshman quarterback and still several players from that team back, do they say, "Nah, we got one crack at Clemson and we went blow for blow with them"? And do they have the confidence that they could uh, win? Because I think that you know they don't play Clemson in the regular season. And I don't think that North Carolina can lose to Clemson in the ACC championship game and make the playoff, but everything about North Carolina's ceiling has to be whether or not, um, it, whether or not a, it's going to eliminate the Florida state and Virginia loss, you know, a couple of one score losses against teams they probably should have beat. And number two, is there just already like a mental cap in what you think you can accomplish because Clemson's been so dominant?
1: Okay, well then, Danny, here's a question for you, for my ACC boys. I I, 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 see my just to answer the question I asked you, Chip. I think North Carolina, Miami is kind of a coin flip, to be honest. But Clemson's made it, Florida State's made it. If not Miami or North Carolina, which ACC school would be the most likely to make it if not one of those four?
3: Wolfpack. Really? NC State. Quarterback back had a pretty strong year. They were eight and four last year. I mean, who else would it be? No, it's a well, big. I'm saying, I'm saying this year. You think it's somebody else? I I, I would. I I mean, like long term, not just. Oh, 2021. okay, okay. Long term, then we go back to the talent composite thing, and then it's maybe. Well, it, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a homer, uh, but like maybe in a few years, you know, is it is it Florida State? No, no, no Florida State's not eligible. Oh, that's right, they're not eligible. Yep.
0: Um, I don't think the. The middle of the ACC from a recruiting standpoint is not consistent. Um, like Pitt and Virginia had good recruiting years and they finished like fourth and fifth in the ACC in this past cycle. Uh, NC State does okay in terms of recruiting, but I feel like a lot of its success is also a little bit of player development, which has been great. Right. I mean, that's sort of like the, you know, what they do, they go into Smithfield, North Carolina, and they, they go into Eastern North Carolina and and they find players. And they're like, if you come into our strength and conditioning and our coaching or player development, we'll send you off to the NFL. And that's been something that they can pitch. That's been something that they can back up. But I kind of think that it is a, a little bit of a drop off. I would not take Virginia tech in its current state.
1: I'm happy. I wanted to say how many teams people mentioned before they mentioned Virginia tech.
0: Yeah. I just, well, you mentioned Virginia tech because they played in a national championship game. They played in BCS bowls. Uh, You know, like unfortunately there was a a run where I think the ACC's record in BCS bowl games was like two and 13. And I feel like there were a lot of ACC champion Virginia tech Hokies that lost in orange bowls throughout Mm -hmm. that time. And that's like sort of contributed to, to that idea.
1: Yeah, there are there are Hokey fans listening to us right now who are getting mad, not at us, but just getting mad at the situation because I don't think any of us have said anything that's inaccurate about the situation. How about and the talent composite bunched up similar recruit similar
3: talent level, NC State at thirty third, Georgia Tech thirty fourth, Virginia Tech thirty sixth, Pitt at thirty seventh. You know, so it's like a bunch of these teams with like decent rosters, but they're just not great rosters. Hey,
0: great for going eight and four. Right. Yeah, when you when you've got like the 34th most talented team, and by the way, shout out to Jeff Collins for having his team up at like in the 30s, you know, when you consider uh some of the turnover there, but that's why we saw, you know, freshman quarterback, true freshman Jameer Gibbs, uh, all those things, but I I think there is a big drop off. Clemson's made it, Florida State made the first one, Clemson's made it a billion times. I think that I don't I don't even know if North Carolina it, North Carolina and Miami is the next part of the conversation moving forward. I think so. Uh, all right. Any, any more before we get out of here? Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> you know, they've, they've got Why the easier not? path to Indianapolis – you know, that's what all, I'm saying that's all, all. And then you just need one good day in Indianapolis, and that's all you need. Uh, reminder: We will have our mailbag episode coming up at the end of the week, so make sure that you subscribe and make sure you go and drop those mailbag questions on in there. Leave us five stars, leave us a review, and we will tackle it in a future mailbag episode. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Connell. You can follow him at Tom Fernell, You can follow him at Bud Elliott Three. You can follow me at Chip Underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: One team I didn't mention is the one on my shirt, Auburn. Yeah.
3: Quick post, post uh, pod bonus content. Yeah. Chip, are you, do you have a full tank of gas? Do you have full tanks of gas? Dude. I'm really like gas short. I just texted my wife and said, Hey, make sure your truck, she has a big SUV. She drives all over the place. Make sure you fill up your tank. It's crazy. And then I'm looking at some numbers out of North Carolina, like 25% of gas stations are out. Yeah. Out of gas.
0: I know. So, um, the, the kid's sick. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, there you go. So like the one drive, (laughs) the, the one bit of driving that I do here back and forth to, uh, to school, that's, that's sidelined for, uh, for at least a little bit until uh, till we get uh, the temperature cleared up and, and at 24 hours clear. So I'm kind of hoping that things calm down from this panic buying, <laughs> but uh, good luck to anybody out there trying to get fuel.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> All right. Um. Okay, picture this. It's Friday
2: afternoon when a thought hits you.